Blog Talk Radio. Can you hear me, Shauna? Hi there. Welcome to the third show of Spirit Sisters. My co-host, Shauna, will be along shortly. We're again having a little technical difficulty getting uh, hooked up as co-hosts. But welcome, and I'm glad you uh, are listening to us during this holiday time. Uh, This show is called Empty Holidays, Reclaiming the Joy. And this is all about, you know, just this is not always a happy time of year for everyone. A lot of people find the commercialization of Christmas, the um, busyness, the obligation to give gifts, the stress of being super busy on top of an already busy life, not actually that happy. So, you know, for some, it's maybe a sad reminder of of a loss that they've experienced. Um, Maybe someone has recently um, died throughout the year or um, they've lost loved ones or so it's, uh, you know, not always a time of year that's happy for us. So we wanted to do a show about reclaiming the joy. and reca- Hi, Debbie. The- oh, Shabby, you're here. Great. I, I was am. just saying welcome to everyone um, and just sort of giving an overview of what the hour is here. I'm so glad you could you could hook up. <laughs> Yay, what an experience. Yay. I can hear. <laughs> yes, this is our hearts are racing. And not in a good way. <laughs> Welcome to Mercury Retrograde. Yes, yes, it's a good, good thing. Um, and to, I see we do have a caller, and I just want to let you know any callers that are um, calling in. Thank you so much. Um, unfortunately, we won't be able to uh, take any calls tonight. Um, we're simply uh, going to be talking about the holidays and. We're not going to be doing any readings until some future episodes, and we're still working that out. So, uh, But I do thank you so much for, for tuning in and calling, and, and hopefully you'll listen uh, to our hour um, as we go through some interesting sort of spin on the holiday season, more of a spiritual approach, a shamanic approach. Um, yeah, so I guess first of all, we have to open the, the sacred circle and uh, the yeah. sacred space. So, Shauna, if you want to start with that. Absolutely. Okay. What I want everybody to do is our, uh, if you've joined us before, you know we're going to start with breathing. And the purpose of that is to breathe into the body and deepen our connection to ourselves, our wisdom, and the earth. So we're going to take three big, deep breaths from the belly. And we breathe in. Up through each of your chakras, up to the top of your head, down the back, send all your energy out your feet into the earth and connect with the roots of the tree that is the oldest grandmother tree, the universal tree of all life and ground. And we're going to do this again. Breathe in, deep up, up, up to the top of your head down the back of your body, down your feet, out into the earth, and Shauna, I think we lost you again. Um, Just please bear with us while we figure this out. yeah, I can't hear you anymore, so please call in again. Um, if you're just joining us, we're starting the Sacred Space Meditation, and um, we are opening this circle of peace and serenity. At least that's what we're trying to do, and it's really hard to be peaceful and serene when you keep losing your co-host. <laughs> However, we will get her back again, so um, it's all good. Yeah. Are you there? I'm there. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry, honey. So I don't know whether the last call got dropped. I um, don't know what happened. It might have been me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right. So, anyway. so in the, just for your FYI, when you see the spirit host at the top, I'm the next call down. Okay. I'm not touching yeah, anything. That's, okay. It's that's me. Good. So let's try that again. 
Okay. You know what? I think okay, this time we need wine. We just need wine this time. I think. I think so. <laughs> I think, and I think a the big drop. Have some wine. <laughs> oh God, love us. God love us okay. all in this computer world. Anyway, deep breath. Deep breath. So we're going to take three deep breaths again. We're going to start this again through the top of your head, down the front of your body this time, down into the earth and the roots of that grandmother tree, up the back of your spine, and down into the roots of that grandmother tree. And one more time, down into the ground and connect with the roots of grandmother tree. And as you breathe in and out, I want you to be aware of the center of your body. In your womb, your sacred shamanic womb, that's about three fingers below your navel or somewhere in that vicinity. I want you to breathe in. And I want you to shoot your energy down your legs, down your feet, deep into the earth and to connect with that grandmother tree. I want you to keep being aware of that center of your being and the center of the earth as you breathe easily and effortlessly in and out. As I call in the powers and the directions, I call to the four worlds of Grandmother Earth and the power of the four directions, to the sacred self for emotional balance and control and energy and motion, for light and love and the heart of the child that is innocent and pure. And I call to the West and the power of Grandmother Earth and the womb of Grandmother Earth and to the mystery and magic that lies within, especially during the season that we are moving into winter solstice. And I call to mystery and magic. May we be unafraid and boldly and courageously with a sense of adventure move into that deep mystery of the unknown. And I call to the powers of the north, of the wind, of air, of mind, of entelechy, of intellect, and wisdom, logic, knowledge that lives in the body and the mind where they are connected. A call to the powers of the east and fire, illumination, enlightenment, and the mirrors of positive self-reflection. May we be one with spirit and determine only from spirit. And a call to the center, the everything, the void, the nothing, the place that all life begins. And I call to you to hold this sacred circle in safe, sacred space. May we be grounded and fluid and do this in pleasure. And a call to the ancestor Eglins and the ancestors of the highest light that love us from always, since always and now, to our spirit guides and the angels and the archangels. Come and be with us as we do this show and be with those who are listening so we may find one heart. May we understand that in our independence and our individual sense of who we are, we are one. And I ask you to come and hold this space. And I ask everyone to take and put all of the day's struggles and the season's hurry and anxiety and worries and stress in a bubble or outside your door. And come, I invite you to come and be present in this circle tonight. God, Shay. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. So I feel calmer. <laughs> Good. I really do. I really do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it might have been the wine that I drank while you were saying, no, I'm kidding. No, I, 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 just love, I absolutely love when you do that because it, it really does work for me. And I hope it's working for everyone listening out there in this, at this crazy time. Of, of the year when um, peace is kind of the last thing. It's the first thing we hope for, but it's the last thing we seem to get. <laughs> um, so this week, I'm going to be drawing your attention to a book that has actually been, uh, was given to me many years ago by one of my sweet clients. And it's by Sarah Van Bresna. And you may remember her from the Simple Abundance uh, books and she was on Oprah for you know probably about a year straight talking about you know just being um, grateful for the simple things in life and feeling abundant 
no matter what your circumstances are. And she caused quite a sensation. And this book is called Romancing the Ordinary. And it's a year of simple splendor. It was kind of a, a sequel to her Simple Abundance book. That was a huge bestseller. But this one was a little less known. I didn't really hear much talked about it. But uh, it's an absolutely wonderful book. It's pretty much broken down into the year, the times of year, the months of the year. And she encourages us to just romance the ordinary. You know, like she completely changed my mind about house cleaning. She says, don't look at it as like a chore you have to do. Just look at it as loving your home and and you're, you're, you're enjoying every bit of it and doing the laundry you're folding your clothes and being grateful that you have clothes to fold and it just it just really like changed my mind about things that I would kind of begrudgingly do but she really really um had a nerve with me and it it's broken down because of the months you can pick it up at any time of the year just flip to the month you're in and uh, she's got recipes and and she just has a lovely way of writing so I found this book the other day in preparation for our show, and I turned to December. And because the theme of our show is about empowering women and feeling um, strong in our in our sisterhood, uh, much to my great surprise, there was actually a little passage in one of the chapters of the book called "Old Holy Night." And the little passage goes like this. And I'm going to read it to you here. Ponder this. The first Christmas unfolded the way it did because one ancient night, an exhausted and harried innkeeper's wife stopped long enough to be moved by the power of love. She improvised so that a frightened, unmarried teenage girl about to give birth to her first child could be comforted. And in doing so, she midwifed a miracle that would change the world. Forgive me if you must. But may I gently point out that on that first Christmas Eve, God the Father was in heaven. God the Great Mother was on earth. In my heart, I see the older woman leaving the crowded, rowdy dining room and rushing up the stairs to her bedroom, opening up a a trunk and bringing forth her best, making sure that she had would be all, all she had would be all the mother and baby would need. She gathered in her arms, linens and silks and blankets from her own bed and her favorite shawl. And in my imagination, I can also see the young girl's grateful smile, hear her sigh of relief, taste the salt in her tears. I smell not only the barn, but the aroma of the broth the older woman helped the younger sip to keep up her strength. It's not blasphemy to believe that on that holy night, the lustrous spirit that helped light the world's darkness wasn't coming only from the child. There were also two women in that stable. And I just love that because, of course, there were. And, you know, the focus was always on the birth of Jesus. But, you know, there were some women in that stable. So I love that. So if you have a chance to pick up Romancing the Ordinary, um, she's also got a really cool mulled cider uh, recipe in that December chapter. So you may enjoy that. I've never made it. It's made with dark ale. I'm a little scared, but (laughs) I might just do it after this show. (laughs) Reclaiming the joy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that passage. I'm kidding. Yeah, I did too. And I I was so uh, tickled to find it because of course I read it before, but I think just because we're doing this show now and, and it just seems so fitting for, uh, because obviously Christmas is about the story of Jesus, the birth story. Um, but as we will be getting into, we'll be getting into more of the untold story, the, the roots of why, of some of the secular things that we do that aren't necessarily tied to the birth of Jesus. So um, anyway, but first we're going to do goddess of the week. Aren't we Shona? Yes, we are. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll be brief because I want to make sure we get to everything this week. So sure. we do have a lot to get over. Yeah. yeah. The goddess that I've chosen this week is called Anu, A-N-U. And she's the goddess of the earth mother, fertility, prosperity, and comfort. And um, this is a goddess that has many attributes that include, you know, uh, being there for women during childbirth and, um, of course, the fertility. But it's more than that. It's it's that center of our being that is the creational place of all life, as I've shared with you in a previous episode. Um, what I want you to do this week is 
I just want you to be able to remind yourself regularly of that, uh, especially in a time where commercialization, and Debbie's going to talk about this, of the holidays is so profound. And it's um, we've gotten away from the spiritual aspects of really what the season is meant to be. Instead of worrying about lack and, and what am I going to get, great aunt, so-and-so, what I really want you to do is, if you can and you have time, I want you to go out into nature, and um, particularly a tree, because they are the, the, the uh, receivers of uh, carbon monoxide, and they, they regenerate out oxygen. So it's that recycling place. And I want you to think about this time with this goddess as the place that we actually take all our worries and stress and remember that we are abundant beings filled with not just prosperity for the potential for unlimited money, but more importantly, prosperity of love and, and care for one another. And I want you to go out and sit by that tree and have some uh, an offering. Uh, traditionally, it's tobacco, but it could be fruit or it could be something you've baked. It, it's something from your heart. And I want you to just have a brief conversation at that tree to the great mother of the earth, Anu, and ask her to be with you through this season so you can do this in beauty and balance and not get caught up in shoulda, coulda, wouldas. And then take uh, and leave your offering and take something from that tree that's already on the ground, like uh, an acorn or a piece of a branch or something that you can bring back and put somewhere just to remind you when you walk by, you are well and you are meant to be filled with joy and abundance and may this comfort you during the season. Love that. Uh, sounds like a nice thing to do, actually. Yeah, love it. Thank you, Shauna. And yeah, I, I actually, I think the opening of the show, um, while I was waiting for you to, to hook up and, um, you know, the holidays can be full of consumerism. It's just, it's gone out of control. Like we're, it's all about buying things. I think the latest thing is these Hatchimal toys that everybody's going crazy about. And it was, it was tickling me Elmo a few years ago. And who can forget the Cabbage Patch Kid debacle? Oh, God, yeah. um, you know, and yeah, you know that I had little kids once, and it was really a lot of fun when they were small, and it, things were a lot simpler then. You could just go to the toy store and make them happy. Um, now they're grown, and it's a little more expensive to make them happy. But um, I think what I've always found was, you know, you've got that build up to that 45 minutes to an hour of unwrapping and craziness and getting up early in the morning, like crazy hour. And, and then it's like, God, it was like always such a letdown and just, Oh, what do we do now? You know, <laughs> it was just such a lead up to something that always made me feel a little bit empty inside. And, and I, I find as I'm going further and further on my spiritual journey, it just seems like every Christmas I kind of, I'm still struggling with almost dreading it. Like it's, I, I don't know if dread's a too strong of a word, but I just feel this sort of sense of, oh, here we go again. Like it just doesn't, I can't seem to really strike a balance of finding a lot of meaning in it. And what's helped me, and it's why we wanted to do this show, was really starting to research into more of the roots of Christmas, like uh, beyond the Christianity story. Why, why do we bring a tree in the house? Like, uh, what was that about? And why do we put lights on the tree? We can imagine it's about the darkness, but there is a deeper and bigger picture about that, which we're going to cover. And just what does Santa got to do with anything? And, and anyway, it just, it just kind of made me question everything. And, and um, much to my great surprise, actually, I don't know why I was surprised, because whenever you do wonder things, you do seem to find the answers. I started to find some answers in um, some articles and there I did some research today actually there's a lot of books actually not that many but about the shamanic roots of Santa Claus and and the story about flying reindeer and if you've ever wondered you know where did that come from and why does Santa have to live up in the North Pole like why didn't he pick like Bermuda because that sounds like a lot better place to live <laughs> you know if you're Santa you can live anywhere why would you pick the North Pole so, yeah, um, and also, like we mentioned, the, the holidays, can, you know, sometimes you're, you've lost someone 
throughout the year that you're really going to miss that always you always spent the holidays with. So the holidays can be very stressful for many reasons and um, sometimes very sad. So we wanted to sort of offer some history, some new meanings, some invite you to maybe create more rituals that have to do with more of the history of Christmas and maybe find your own meaning um, if the Christian story doesn't always fulfill your needs. So, um, and as great as that is, um, you know, there's something beyond that uh, we've lost that knowledge. So, so yeah. So, Shauna, I think you were going to do some. Yeah, I was. Um, I I agree. It's it's uh it's been uh, commodified and taken over by, you know, purchasing gifts and 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 um, the joy and the center of the holidays has been uh, a bit evasive for a lot of people, and and I want people to recognize that um, the this time of year is very very. Uh, tied to our ancestors and the time that our ancestors, and I'm talking not just, you know, a few back from the beginning of our ancestry, that it's, um, our ancestors lived in compatibility with the land, or at least they tried to, they weren't certainly perfect. Um, And they were compelled to uh, align with the seasons and the cycles of nature in order to have their lives um, uh, for sustenance, for food, for water, for, you know, um, health uh, in terms of herbs and whatnot. So they learned that there was a compatible relationship that was required to survive between themselves and the earth. And out of this has come some very rich, deep um, ancient traditions that actually a lot of the Christian uh, faiths have um, incorporated into their own um, celebrations and timelines. Um, One of the things um, that uh, I found was that the Roman tradition honored the god of agriculture and the planet Saturn on the winter solstice. Tomorrow is our winter solstice. And the Celtic people were very tied to, like I said, the change of the seasons, and this was going from the fall into winter. Now, as I mentioned on the last show, we're going into that kind of cocooning time, the time for um, dealing with the darkness because light literally becomes uh, less, and we wake up in the dark if you get up to go to work and go to bed early, you know, in the dark. So it was a time where... Um, the Celts and, and a lot of pagan cultures did ritual to um, honor this aspect of the season and this cycle of nature. So um, one such holiday was Yule, which is Christmas, and um, it's almost around the same time as a Christmas. Um, what took place, for example, was the burning of the Yule log in honor of Mother Earth, which was lit on Christmas Eve, and using the remains of any previous year's log, Yule log, and burned for 12 hours in order to bring good luck. Trees were brought, in, brought inside and decorated with pagan symbols like stars and moons and suns to represent the elements because, of course, they were very tied to the elements and honored their roles in their lives. And they also put ornaments on their trees that represented the souls of those who had passed through the year to honor and recognize them. So I thought that was a, is a very beautiful tradition, especially for, as you said, the people who have lost someone through the year because it's, it's trying to find a new way to connect to people who have passed because, of course, pagan people believe there is no separation between the veils, um, and that's something we can talk about in another show. Um, the uh, gift giving was ha- a, a, a sort of evolved from the offerings of various pagan traditions to uh, different gods and goddesses as tree offerings. Mistletoe was viewed as a very sacred plant that was associated with huge healing properties, so it was venerated and really thought to be something special. Uh, Reindeer were associated with what they called the horned god, which basically was 
the male aspect of creation. And uh, Christmas elves were connected to the pagan belief in the fairy folk or the nature folk. Um, holly uh, was also a very sacred plant. So, so part of what I would encourage you to start doing is, is looking into your actual lineage you know, maybe not right now during Christmas unless you have time, but through the year, sort of start to reconnect with your ancestors and see, you know, where is your roots and, and your traditions. I know for me that um, the uh, we were we, I was born Presbyterian, um, but I stopped going to church when I was ten. When I had some epiphanies about many things and and. Uh, uh, really felt that women weren't honored even in that tradition. So I went searching for other things. And, and what I really found was I love the tree at Christmas, but it, it's more about bringing that natural world into my inside life. And I make altars for winter solstice and I like candles. So, you know, for me, I make ritual that honors um that aspect of me and my heritage. And, and I told Debbie when we were preparing for the show, people who come for, well, I usually cook a great big Christmas dinner. And uh, people who come know that I get a small plate out and before anybody eats, I load up the plate with every, a little bit of everything and I take it to my fireplace and I have a candle there and I light it and pray to the ancestors who are with me and who have helped me through the year as an honoring and an offering about the gratitude I feel for them in my lives. And I really, truly do feel them. So, you know, I have taken that and made it into something joyous for me. And it is a celebration of life and family for me, no matter how small uh, around my table or how big. So, you know, I would really encourage you to start thinking about the roots of this season and where it came from. I love that. I love the, I love your uh, plate. I think that was a really cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. People laugh at me though, but I do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's one must be one, it's a, but it is a beautiful gesture. You know, we, it we, is. um, we just tend to, you know, maybe sit and think quietly about maybe who we've lost, but you actually do something. It's, I think that's a really beautiful, a beautiful ritual. Yeah. And this is what it's about, you know, creating your own rituals and your own meaning. If you're finding that the traditional meanings that we're taught just don't seem to add up for you anymore for whatever reason. There's no judgment on it. It's just sometimes we just sort of shift and change. And I wasn't brought up with um, a real strong religion at all. We didn't go to church, not even on Christmas. And I did go to Sunday school for a little while. So I really, you know, although I knew this is around the story of Jesus, um, it just never really resonated with me. And it wasn't because I thought it wasn't true. It was just, just because I didn't review this every Christmas it was more about Santa and Santa always sort of mystified me like why does he come down the chimney why doesn't he just go in the door Uh, you know so I was doing a little digging around and it was actually last year that uh, across the Facebook feed there was this really interesting article by um, Matt Toussaint and he wrote um, an article called Shaman Claus the Shamanic Origins of Christmas which I found very interesting so um you know, he's talking about um, the idea of bringing a tree inside, which Shauna touched on um, with the pagan religions, and um, which are basically nature-based religions. <clears throat> the word pagan has gotten a, a bad rap. It's not what you think. Uh, if you're thinking about, oh, it's bad things, it's just nature-based. Um, putting a star on top. Why does the star go on top of the tree? The colorful decorations. And he talked about uh, you know, the giving the gifts. And why were there flying reindeer? Why didn't they just run around the ground well it turns out that according to um, Matt's article uh, the Tungasic people of ancient Siberia so be the ancient time when what we know as Siberia now is in ancient um, in ancient times there was a people known as the Evenki people and they were hunter-gatherers and, and they were also reindeer herders that was the main source of sustenance and they survived uh, their survival actually depended on the health and the well-being of their herd. So, you know, their housing, their food, um, obviously meat and milk, their tools 
came from bones, their clothing came from the reindeer, um, and the reindeer inspired them culturally and spiritually. And so actually the word shaman comes from the Tungus word saman, or S-A-M-A-N, and it meaning is roughly translated one who knows or knows the spirits. So interestingly enough, in this part of the world, there was a mushroom that grew that's intensely psychoactive and is toxic to humans unless it's dried. And this, the official name is, um, okay, I was practicing this earlier, but I don't think I'm going to get it right. Amanita muscaria. I'm hoping I say that right. Or fly agaric mushroom. And you may recognize this mushroom if you saw pictures of it from the Alice in Wonderland movies and books there. It was the red mushroom with the white polka dots. They also come in an orange and a yellow color. And they grow under only certain types of evergreen trees. So the way they were discovered to be psychoactive was the shaman or someone in the tribe noticed that the reindeer would dig in the snow for them, eat them. And then once they peed after they eat these mushrooms, they would eat their yellow snow, which is kind of disgusting when you think about it. But they did. And they were acting very kind of happy, jumpy around, and they act strange. So it turns out that these mushrooms uh, are psychoactive, um, like many uh, cultures in the world that were shamanic-based. They would journey with these mushrooms, the shaman would, and to learn about life and knowledge of life, and, and that's how they got their information. They would connect with ancestors. Um, you know, it, it was kind of like their version of the Internet. And so they were held very, very sacred. So these mushrooms were picked um, over the season as they were found, and they would be put into the evergreen tree to dry. So you can imagine what this tree would look like, all these brightly colored mushrooms sticking in the branches. So it sort of would look like a modern-day Christmas tree. Um, So once they were dried, uh, the shaman or the harvester would go with a large sack, and he would pick all the dried mushrooms out of the tree, and he would deliver them to the houses. And they would hold, they would actually um, store them in socks by the fire. And so when it was time to journey or if they wanted to learn, um, you know, something, they would take these mushrooms. And of course, they were very sacred. They weren't meant for just getting high on a Friday night or it was actually, they were held in a very sacred way because the mushrooms live in it with a symbiotic relationship with the evergreen tree there's actually no seed to them so they were considered divine and they were because almost virginally birthed because there was no seed to a mushroom and so they couldn't plant the mushrooms to make more mushrooms so they were considered to be a very divine sacred plant um so uh that sort of explains the decoration of the christmas tree and you can actually find christmas decorations with this mushroom actually represented in the scene, uh, especially in, over in Europe where, you know, this would be more uh, closer to the origin of it. Uh, so also what they, because they were shamanic culture, they believed in the world tree, which is the upper, middle, and lower world. It was the gateway, the highway between these worlds. If you're not familiar with shamanic culture, I encourage you to, um, to look that up if you're interested in that. But generally, as it goes in shamanic culture, the world tree is the access of their cosmology. Um, and at the top of these worlds, according to the Evenki people, was the North Star. And because it was the brightest star in the sky, they would bring a tree in for ceremony and they would put a star at the top of the tree. And that tradition carried on and trickled down to even today. We often put a star on top of the tree or an angel sometimes, but most likely it's a star. You probably have a star in your tree right now. So you probably didn't know why you put a star, but now maybe you know. Um, and as the smoke would escape during ceremony through the top of their yurts, they would build these uh, round sort of tent-like structures called yurts. And this, the idea was that the sacred smoke would go up through the chimney and it would return with knowledge. So again, the idea that the gifts would come down the chimney was this idea. And the gifts, of course, were the gifts of life and the knowledge of life and uh, that would come from these ceremonial uh, journeys. And so finally, the birth story of Jesus, there's no accident that it was timed around the winter solstice because the, um, in the early, early times when Christianity was being spread, they were noticing that the, most people were celebrating around the winter solstice. The return of the sun, which up in north, of course, they go into the, the darkest time. And the sun seems to um, 
go into the, the of course, the 21st is when the, it goes at this southernmost point. And then it, for three days, it seems to not do anything. And then it starts to make its northern descent. So it returns. So it was the birth of the sun that they would celebrate. And again, Shauna, you had alluded to that in um, yeah. in the beautiful uh, pagan traditions that uh, would happen. So this was a stupendous thing because everything connected was connected to the sun and, and connected to the return of the sun. Of course, um, they needed it for the seasons and, and to grow their next crops. And, you know, if the sun didn't come back, well, it was death. So the return of it was just a, a joyous time. And so they celebrated. And, and uh, so, yeah, so the mushrooms, of course, with their red, orange, and yellow color, um, they also resembled the sun. So they were uh, taught, they were directly connect, connected to the divine, they felt, because of the psychoactive ability that they gave people, and they were consim- considered a great symbol of life. So, um, yeah, so that sort of gives you a little bit more background on why the timing of the birth story of Jesus and also why we decorate those trees and Santa uh, was really that harvester, you know, <laughs> go around with his back. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just kind of interesting that it, it, these stories have sort of prevailed and stuck around and, and uh, it's, it's just, well, they've evolved too, right? yeah, for sure. That's, that's the thing. We are beings who are evolving and, you know, um, I think it's lovely to have tradition and it's necessary. Um, you know, many cultures say we stand on the shoulders of our ancestors, meaning that everything they ever did is a part of us in the very fiber of our being and our DNA. Um, but we we have to keep evolving in order to be part of life moving forward. So Absolutely. it's in this time I'm I'm made aware of as we're talking how important it is to keep the tradition and know the history and and to create and continue to grow that as as the years pass so we don't get stuck. In, you yeah. Because that, that's not our purpose. We're not supposed to be always the same. Absolutely. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yep. So also, um, we're going to go through uh, some tips and reminders around the holidays and you know how to keep so, sane. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. So part of what what I wanted to be able to share with people was how to shift and align during the holiday yeah. times, and and I wanted to give some really practical um, and some sacred things that would sort of help people just to keep going. And I think the most important thing I can say to everyone is, do not forget to breathe, be present in every moment that you're in as much as you can. Um, even if you're standing in line waiting to pay for a gift, breathe, breathe and breathe. And, and think about grounding because that will keep you centered in the flurry and the chaos. Make an intention before you go anywhere to have it be peaceful and effortless. Make time every morning to set that intention and in a quiet place do a ritual like have coffee alone before you're making any lists. Remember, and this is a, a biggie, I want you to, to, to allow yourself to take in. It's not your job to make your family, your friends, or your loved ones joyous through this season. You are not the designated bringer of the holiday cheer. Okay? You are so not. I saw a woman on the news <laughs> when I was making dinner tonight. And because yeah. the camera people were going to malls and saying, well, where are you in your Christmas shopping? This woman looked like a deer in the headlights. Oh, well, huh? he said, what do you have left to do? Cooking, baking, holiday gift buying, and decorating the house. Now, we're like yeah. five days to the big day. She's like, I could see and could actually oh. feel through television her panic. Yeah, for so sure. <laughs> you are not. The designated yeah. bringer of the holiday chair. Yeah, you need to and, use and that as mantra. Yeah. And, and as far as I know, that. as far as I know, Martha Stewart doesn't come around it to everybody's house and does, no, you know, does. an inspection. No, no, she's too busy no. doing her own thing. So don't worry she about is. that. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. some other things that will really help to support your season is if you want to have something, i.e., joy or kindness, be that. 
it will come back to you threefold. Do any act of kindness. Um, You know, the other day I'm going through the drive-thru and I paid for somebody's coffee. I saw a woman that was stressed. I let her in line ahead of me. Like, really? Move into that place of gratitude. And, you know, do simple things like light a candle and do a prayer of gratitude for all that you already have. And I'm not just talking about the material things, the love Mm -hmm. in your life, the people who care about you. Even if it's one person that you have, that's that's one person that's still valuable and loving you in your life. And it doesn't even have to be big. It's just I want you to remember, you know, no matter where you are, you are truly not alone because the universe is always there for you, as is great spirit and the great goddess. You are truly never alone. Give yourself permission to have peace and receive the joy of the season. Have you ever taken time to allow yourself to say, oh, I welcome the joy of the season. I give myself permission to enjoy this. I'm thinking not so much. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm guilty of that. Make, Definitely guilty of I, that. Well, most of us are. We're yeah. too busy rushing around. Um, yeah. Make new meaning, traditions, and rituals that have value for you. It doesn't have to be a big hoo-ha thing, but something that means something that gives you that sense of joy in your heart, even for a millisecond. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, you will build on that. And And finally... And, and this is huge. I want you to start honoring your ancestors in whatever way feels um, like it resonates with you. Like my plate that I do, my ancestor plate and, and the prayer. Just even if it's just, you know, stop for a minute and think about not even a particular ancestor, but just how much they did, good, bad, or indifferent, to get the family and you to where you are. And then if you have a special ancestor, I love this tiny little ritual, which you can do forever and ever, is take a picture of that person, get a little candle and a small little uh, saucer or a cup of water, and light that candle and just pray to them and ask them to be present with you so that you can have this wonderful, pleasant, positive as much as possible holiday season and give them gratitude for being with you. And and you can go back to this whenever you're struggling with anything and just sit and be or listen through the day in that place that we talked about last week where you can be brushing your teeth and intuition comes. You know, that's often um, how that works. So, you know, just be gentle with yourself and others yeah. as much as you can and let go of expectations and breathe, breathe, breathe. Yes. And have gentleness for sure. Yeah. And leading into making new rituals, we we're going to take you through the chakras and just give certain just suggestions and how you can honor each end of our energy systems. Uh, these are, we're going through the seven major chakras or energy centers um, that hold emotional energy and um, they influence different organs in the body. Um, gosh, that could be a whole other show about the chakras we could do someday. But if you are familiar with the chakra system, um, you'll find this maybe, um, maybe some repetition, but if you're new to it, um, do, I encourage you to, after the show is, you know, do some research on them. They're fascinating. And uh, we'll give you a brief overview of working your way up from the lower chakras up to the top. Um, so the, f- the point of focusing on chakras and, and around the emotional issue that's attached is just focusing on the love. Focus on what's in your life and what's working in your life. And so the first chakra, Shauna actually had just beautifully tied into, uh, was honoring your ancestors. And that's your root chakra. That is the color red, which I call, ironically is one of the Christmas colors. Uh, red is about family and tribe. Your first chakra is uh, located um, uh, pointing towards the earth in your perineum area. And by honoring this one as your ancestors, send them love and prayers. The plate ritual would be honoring your root chakra. So that would be a, a way to do that. The second chakra is above your pelvic bone. 
below your belly button, and it's your money, sex, power chakra. It's your sacral. Um, that's a really big one. A lot of people are stuck there. It's also our emotional center. And in order to focus on love here, you could do an act of kindness. And it could be anything small or really big thing. Your choice. Um, the third chakra is your sacral. Or sorry, your solar plexus. I always mix those up. Uh, and it's the color yellow. And lighting a candle could be a way to honor your third chakra. It's your free will, knowing that you always have choice and honoring your choices that you've made that maybe have been good, maybe that have not been good. But you know what? That's just a point of reference. They're all good in some ways because they've taught you something. Often our choices that were made that maybe weren't so good have taught us the most. So they're always good. (laughs) I hope that made sense. So light a candle and connect to your gratitude about everything that's happened and shown up in your life and knowing that you have free will at all times. Fourth chakra is your heart chakra, and it literally is in the center of your chest, and that's around self-love. You know, one ritual you can do is write a letter to yourself about the year that's gone by and, you know, how grateful you feel uh, to yourself and the peace that you feel um, about things and, and what maybe the peace that you want to feel and treat yourself with kindness like we were just talking about. That's the mantra for the hour. Treat yourself and others with kindness. This is what the, the season's all about. The fifth chakra is the um, color blue. It's in the throat area. And this is using your voice to speak your truth um, without hurting people, of course. You can speak truth that's hurtful, but there's really... You know, there's a way to do that. Um, Speaking your truth with integrity, um, telling those around you how you feel and how much you love them. That's a great way to use your throat chakra, your your fifth chakra. The throat of it's a it's the throat is your communication. It also can be creativity, and it's your expression. Singing is a great way to uh, use your fifth chakra. So if you're in a choir for Christmas, or maybe at the only time you're in a choir, that'd be a great way to use your fifth chakra. For the season, your sixth chakra is your third eye, and that's between the brows. Its color is often indigo. Um, meditation, quiet time if possible. Um, listening to your still voice to renew yourself. Um, if you don't already meditate, I encourage you to try just by listening to the breath. That's all you have to do count to 10, 10, 10 breaths, listening to them in and out. And if your mind goes off on a little tangent, allow it and just notice it. Don't judge, just bring it back. It's the simplest way to start meditation. There's also wonderful uh, guided meditations that you can get online. You can buy them on the um, iTunes store. There's many, many ways to do it. Or just put a great record on of some soft music, whatever. Some people like to uh, exercise while they meditate. My husband likes to run and listen to his footsteps. That's his meditation. So you don't just have to be sitting still like a little Buddha. If you're not good at sitting still, you can you can walk while you meditate. You can move around while you meditate. I think, I swear to God, I go into meditation when I'm sweeping the house because it's such a mindless thing. So sometimes those things will, you know, you get in, you get your house clean at the same time. So, <laughs> But it's just taking that time for yourself to meditate. Um, the seventh chakra is at the top of your head. And that's really your connection to the divine. The root chakra is your connection to the earth and in, in being here and grounded and being okay to be here in the physical form. And your seventh chakra is that connection to, to whatever you believe in, whatever you call it. It doesn't matter. Um, evoke spirits who love you. Um, maybe go to church if that's your thing. Um, you know, it, it's anything that connects you to something that's bigger than you. And, you know, for some people, they call that energy, the universe. It's whatever makes you happy. I don't think it really cares what you call it, but it is there. Um, I find it in nature myself. That's my way of doing it. But everyone has their own way. Yeah. So, yeah. So going through all the chakras from one to seven. um, And the the seventh chakra is often connected to violet or white. So you could wear something white. Um, if you dare, I wouldn't dare doing that eating turkey dinner because I'm really sloppy and I probably get gravy down. <laughs> but it could be as simple as putting a white ornament on the tree that symbolizes that. It's whatever you feel like you want to do. So, um, so yeah, the chakra system can really guide you um, through finding new rituals and finding new ways to get meaning in the in the uh, 
this tradition, traditional time. Did you have anything to add, Shauna? Well, I, I noticed that we've got about 10 minutes left, and I would like to do something. Um, would you be open to <clears throat> a brief meditation before we sign off? Sure, that would be great. Okay. So um, I want everybody to settle into your chairs or wherever you are in the moment, wherever you're listening to this. And I want you to take those three big, deep breaths in through your belly, up the top of your head, down the back, and ground into the earth and the root to that tree like I have done before with you. And again. And one more. And as we're breathing, I want you to settle into your body with your eyes closed. And I want you to, in the way that you know, be it feel, see, here, all of us together, that we are all together in a giant circle around the globe. And I want you to see me at the head of that circle. And we're going to start to go down this path that's filled with the color of the chakras on the ground, that each of the chakra colors is a giant stone that we step on. The first, and we breathe. The second, and we breathe. The third and the fourth, and we take a big, deep breath. The fifth, the sixth, and the seventh. And as we get to the seventh, we breathe together in through our nose, down our bodies, settle into that seventh sacred space, that space of spirit, the unlimited vision, And we see before us an opening in a forest. And as we breathe, we gently go one at a time into this forest clearing. And we see a pond in the center of the clearing among the trees. And it's beautiful in its reflection. And the colors of the chakras of those stones on the path are reflected in this beautiful pool of water, like a rainbow. And it emanates out, calling to each and every one of us as we come one at a time and form a large circle around this beautiful, reflective pool of the chakras, this rainbow of light, of color, of peace, of harmony. And I want you to take a big, deep breath, And settle into that space that you are standing on and take the hand of the sister that's to your left, one after another, after another, after another, as we stand in solidarity in the center of this sacred space, in this circle of the rainbow, as we breathe in and we breathe out. And as we look into this pool, we see the sisters around the world who've taken the left hand of the sister beside them as we form a giant chain of love and light, peace and joy from one end of this globe to the other. Allow this to move deep within your heart, within your mind and its hurriedness, within your soul and your spirit, Know that we are always connected and we are one. And as we do this, this wave of joy and the deep rainbow reflection of the chakras moves through our whole being, one after another, after another. Through each one of us, the sister beside us, to the sister right through until we're back to full circle. And as we breathe... We say to ourselves, we choose love and breathe out. We choose peace and we choose joy. Now give yourself permission to have joy during this holiday season and to share that with others in a way that is effortless and is safe and brings you peace. Breathe it in. 
and come back into that circle and look into the center of that pond again and allow that light of all the chakras to filter from the top of your head through every one of your chakras right down into the earth to clear and center and to make peace with each of your chakras. Now I want you to say a blessing to yourself and to that center of the pond, to the sisters that are beside you, to the sisters unknown and yet to find we are one. Now come and follow me one at a time. I let go of the hand of the sister beside you as we go up each of those stone chakra colors up from the seventh to the sixth to the fifth to the fourth to the third to the second to our root chakra till we are back in our chairs on our couch or wherever you are wherever you are listening and breathe in call your spirit back in your body and do two more breaths and do that grounding Call your spirit back in your body. And one more time, call your spirit back in your body. And when you're ready, flutter your eyes, wiggle your toes, and come back into the space. And open your eyes and be here now. Yeah, I love that. That was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. We just have a few minutes left um, in our show, and I just wanted to because I wanted to do it at the beginning, but of course we were having troubles with hooking up. So I just wanted to give uh, credit to uh, a young man named Sam Matthews who did our intro music and he's at school right now studying music. And I know he's going to be a huge Grammy winner next, you know, someday down the road. We can say we knew him when, but his name is Sam Matthews and he did our um, intro music for him, for us and uh, for hair products. Actually, I, I use my, uh, my hair skills for <laughs> I love that. I know, right? And I just I I had promised him I would give him a little shout out. He's already producing music uh, for some rappers in the United States. He's so talented. He's he's amazing little. Uh, he's not a little guy. He's I still think of him as a little guy, but he's uh, an amazing kid. So I just wanted to give him credit for that, and uh, we thank oh. him very much for. Yes, for thank you very our much. Wonderful, fifteen second little intro music, um, and Shauna, that was really beautiful. And thank you for that. And um, I just, you know, I, we really want to send out positive energy also to anyone listening out there that's feeling really, really lost and sad this holiday season and that you're not alone, that many, many people do. And they do find this, this season difficult. But you know what? Happiness is an inside job and, and we, we can choose joy. We can. And um, that's something that I am... I am still learning to do, and but I have to say that uh, even listening to you, Shauna, this hour has helped me. <laughs> ah, thank you. And um, it was really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Just I think for me, it's the receiving part. It's hard to receive, and I yeah. and I really have to work with that. So it's part of my journey. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, let's close the circle. So I I thank all the energies that came to be with us today and send. Love and light to you all and a deep heartfelt gratitude and to all of you that are with us. Um, our next show, Debbie and I are talking about, as you can see on our uh, site, Dreaming um, and maybe with some twists. Um, next week, we've decided not to uh, record a show. We're going to be off next week and uh, we'll be back on, I think it's the third, right, Deb? Yes, January 3rd, Tuesday, January 3rd, 8 o'clock p.m. Atlantic time. So, And uh, please shoot us an email if you have any questions. It's uh, spiritsisters, is it 65 at gmail.com? Yeah, right? it's spiritsisters65 at gmail.com. gmail.com. And check out my website, The Peaceful Paradox, and uh, my Facebook page, and um, our Spirit Sisters Facebook page and yes. um, and I think there's a button you... on that Facebook page on our Spirit Scissors Facebook page is actually a button that uh, clicks to, or directly to our email so you can send us an yes, email it does. Like, yeah, yeah, we'd love to sure. hear from and you we, 
we want to send you just so much love and light during this season and know that our hearts are with you um, and with your loved ones and may you have a safe and joyous holiday. Absolutely. Yeah. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating. Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating, we love you. So take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye for now.